Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the System Podcast with me, Natasha Pinto. Join us as we discuss all things digital marketing and entrepreneurship. Online business owners take us on their journey, how they went from zero to launch. If you're starting your journey with us on System, you've already taken a pretty smart first step. So joining me today is Devin Cork. He's an athlete, evidence-based coach, online fitness trainer, YouTuber, entrepreneur, and the owner of Dev Cork Athletics. Hi, Dev. How's it going, Nate? How are you doing? Good, thanks. And you? Good. Okay, fantastic. Now, I'm sure our audience would be very interested to know in your history. So how did you get started in this industry? What pointed you in this direction? So I've, I've always been very interested in sports and in, you know, being more active and, and being outside rather than studying and being more academic. So, I mean, I always thrive more in sports school instead of actual studying. And in about grade 10, I went through a whole lot of tough things at home and I needed to find an escape and training was that. So, and that was, that was actually 10 years ago. That was in grade 10. Yeah. So that's when I decided I wanted to be a bodybuilder. And out of school, I worked towards that to be able to fund that because, I mean, prepping for a show is incredibly expensive for supplements, for your food, for, I mean, hiring a coach like myself, something like that. And I, I faded more towards the work life instead of, instead of going back to study. And through that, I found out about another sort of company that, that trainers are affiliated with and through that company, they're, they're almost boosted and advertised more and have this, this library of workouts and of nutrition and everything behind them. And I found this company and, you know, started working with them. And that gave me the experience to actually realize, listen, you can do this by yourself. You don't need to be paying someone else to, to use their stuff. You can actually produce all of this yourself. And that just spurred on my my love for finding out more. I always have questions about everything. Every, if, if you tell me something, I will question it. And that for me with training comes in when someone says this works better than that. And I would say, no, but why, you know, why, why is this method better? Why is that method better? And that spurred me into the part of being more research and evidence-based and, through that it's just picked up and grown and grown and grown and I'm able to now sit at a comfortable level and I'll go back to my studies where I'm studying a BCom law and be able to compete on a comfortable level and be able to do all of that. Okay so where did you get the idea for your particular niche? So quite often you are coaching bodybuilders. Why yeah. did you decide on that? So my, my passion in life is, is bodybuilding and I, I want to be a professional and I want to compete at the Mr. Olympia one day. And I needed to find something that didn't feel like work to me. So a lot of the time, I mean, I coach a lot of bodybuilders who, who prep and, and compete. I, I prep lots of them for free because that's, that's what I love doing. If, if someone is desperate for this help to get onto stage, I would love to help them. You know, and for me to then on top of that be paid to do it, well, then it's a dream. So a lot of the time when I'm working with athletes and if someone wants me to go to their show, for example, it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to be there anyway because I want to be there. So it's, it, it really was about finding something that made it feel like I'm never working, really. 
Yeah, I agree. I think most entrepreneurs, especially if you're trying to get out of the rat race, you're aiming for something that doesn't feel like work and something that really yeah. does feel like you're adding value and being rewarded at the same time. Okay. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Now, you spoke a little bit about some of the tools that kind of got you started in the fitness industry. What kind of tools do you use now? Because as an online fitness business owner, it's not just yeah. a blog that you can rely on. Yeah. So, I mean... I, I'm completely online. I only, I've only done about a year or two worth of in-person one-on-one sessions. And I realized in that year or two, I absolutely hated it because in that time, I wasn't coaching people that I wanted to. I was coaching people who just wanted a trainer instead of coaching athletes and bodybuilders and things like that. Whereas being completely online, you broaden your scope of where you can work. So it's not like you can only coach bodybuilders in Samson or in there or in there. I've got, you know, a reach all over the world now with social media. So focusing on the online aspects of it, I use a training app where it acts as a, as a portal between the client and I, where what they see, I see on my side and that's where you can track your body weight. You can track progress photos and you can compare them there my all my meal plans are uploaded to their training plans uploaded and scheduled through a calendar there everything is logged so i mean for example my coach uses the same platform and i can see what my body weight was two and a half years ago to the day because it's all logged and it's all on the bar graph and it all puts everything in perspective really so that just enhances that online experience and sets me apart from the the usual person who just you know sends an excel spreadsheet that has bench press three sets of 10 or, you know, an Excel spreadsheet diet where it's the same thing that four or five other people have gotten. Everything is customized to, to your experience. And the app allows that because it's almost as if you have your trainer in your pocket the whole time. And I mean, apart from that, it really is simple because I do most, if not all of my marketing on Instagram. And I mean, Facebook, I get, in the last six years worth of coaching, I've probably gotten five or six clients directly from Facebook, whereas I get that every two months from Instagram. So, yeah, it's the different markets. And with me, aiming at a younger market is something like this app works incredibly well because lots of older people aren't into using things like that. They would prefer the paper you know, getting sent a hard copy of it. Whereas these sorts of tools allow me to actually interact a lot better. Well, yeah, they do say that currently millennials use 75% more online fitness programs than pretty much anyone else. Yeah, yeah it is wild. <laughs> um, and because I'm privileged enough to have taken a peek at the tools that you use, I think it's really impressive that uh, not only is it like such a wonderful link between you and your clients? It is also a great way for them to track their own progress. Would you ever consider creating an app like that? That's just for you and for your clients. I I have considered it. Um, At the moment, it's not something I'm, I'm looking at doing because it would be a lot. It would be, you know, developing the, the, the framework that there is in the app is a, is a hell of a lot. And I rent it from a company called Trainerize and it's a Canadian-based company, and you basically just pay them hosting rights, which works out to about, I think it's $100 a month. So it's, it's really inexpensive to be able to 
I mean, I've got 38 clients loaded on the app now. So I think up to 50 clients is a certain price and up and up and up. And I've experienced and tried out a few other different fitness apps and they're also buggy and, you know, almost like sticky, if you'd call it that, where yeah. things just buttons don't work and this doesn't. Whereas Trainerize has been around, I used it. First time I used it was the first coach I had, which was in 2015. So six years ago is the first time I used that app and it's just grown and grown and grown now. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then how do you manage obstacles as an entrepreneur? What are some of the things that you face that kind of get in the way of business and how do you get around them? So I think largely when you're being an entrepreneur, you rely on yourself and your own mental sort of drive a lot more than anyone else. You don't, you can't just rock up to work and, you know, go through the motions and then leave. It's not like you, you're a lawyer who's going in and writing up the same contracts and doing this and just going through the motions. When you're an entrepreneur, you're constantly looking to grow, to, you know, be better, to improve, to, to move forward. It's it, your company's your baby. So you, you constantly want that to keep going. So I think a lot of the time, one of my struggles is actually being able to compartmentalize those sorts of things where I can actually say, right, I need to focus on work for these three, four hours a day and then focus on that for this, you know, be able to split things up like that because otherwise I'll work for eight hours straight and that'll take such a mental strain on me that the next three days will be so unproductive and then I'll fall behind. So that's all up to me. I don't have a boss telling me how long to work, how short to work, what my deadlines are. That's all up to me. And I think being put in that position makes someone grow up a, a lot quicker than you'd, you'd realize um, because you realize that, well, if you don't do it, you're not going to get paid. <laughs> so yeah. it's that simple. It's not like there's a guaranteed salary at the end of the month. And so almost an anxiety inducing sort of living experience but at the same time it's a lot more comfortable because I know for example now during COVID that I'm still going to get the majority of what I'm meant to be paid whereas someone who's working for let's say a big corporation all of a sudden COVID hits and now rioting hits all their shops are looted. They don't have any capital to pay off people and they need to retrench a whole lot of staff. They don't have that money to where those people are not going to get a salary guaranteed. Whereas me, I've got 38 different clients who pay me. So it's unlikely that all of them at once buckle, you know? Yeah. You've kind of escaped so, the, the interesting economy that we've got going on in South Africa yeah, at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And I think, it's a blessing and a curse that you are so responsible for your business. You get direct yeah. output from your business. Like the hours you put in, you get your results, you get that return on investment almost immediately. Yeah. And it does make you the, the man at the bottom line, but it also means like when you take a break, you're fully aware of what you're missing out on. Yeah. No, absolutely. All right. And then a big question that comes up for all kinds of entrepreneurs is, failure now especially if you're starting a business and a lot of entrepreneurs speak about the fact that their first few 
failed, they flunked, they didn't work or they worked too hard for too little reward. So has there been a time where you've experienced failure and how did you manage it? So I've never really, I wouldn't necessarily say failure as a, like, as a point where I'm like, oh shit, I'm at failure or anything like that as a destination, but rather I've realized when I'm doing, yeah, I've realized when I'm doing things really badly and I'm about to land on my ass basically. (laughs) And it's, yeah, it's the way I deal with that is, is again, taking accountability and realizing that, well, if I'm not doing well, I mean, it's not like I I produce a product that, has to have super high demand. There's always going to be a demand for a trainer. There's always going to be a demand for a coach. So if I don't have clients, that's down to me. That's not down to the fact that there's less demand for trainers. And so I know that if I'm not getting the income I need to pay all my expenses to cover that or to look after myself or anything, I know that that's because I've been slacking on it. And that forces me to take take the back seat and say, okay, we need to reevaluate things. We need to try a bit better. And luckily over the past, I mean, I've been completely independent as a coach living on my own for the past two and a half, yeah, two and a half years now. And luckily in that time, I've only come close once or twice and been able to pick myself up and be able to get back to that comfortable space, you know, Okay, no, that's uh, amazing, especially considering you're quite a youngster. So just tell our audience how old you are so that they can see that um, this is quite I'm amazing. I'm 25, yeah. Yeah, I'm 25. <laughs> Be doing it all for the last two and a half years. It's impressive. Okay, so I'm going to crunch some numbers for you so we can talk about this online fitness industry because it's, while it may have taken a, a hit because of COVID, I also think that there's been a kind of boom to it because suddenly yeah, no, everyone is forced to be at home. So the global online fitness market is expected to grow from 5.5 billion US dollars, which was 2019, to 49.17 billion dollars in 2027. So that's an incredible, like exponential growth in the next couple of years. That's that's not surprising at all because if you look at it from a bodybuilding perspective now, not just the health and wellness side of it, if you look at it from the actual competitor side and the actual how that's growing is there's a new division classic physique which is more attainable in a sense it's smaller than the massive open guys but now it's becoming more appealing so obviously the big freaky mass monsters have always been the calling to these shows i mean who doesn't want to see 145 kilos of unadulterated muscle just standing there so those oaks for example when I think prize money at the Olympia last year was $350,000 for first place. And that grows each year. All the other divisions, the maximum prize money has only ever been $10,000. So that shows you the, you know, the revenue streams and how much each one brings in. Well, this year, Classic Physique is said to be half of what Open's prize money is. So that just shows that that one division in bodybuilding has grown by three, four times in a year. And that's one division at one show. That just gives you perspective of how many more people are competing in that one division. Now think of how that's growing the entire sport. And that's over the one, two years. 
Yeah, and then so that entire sport is like a, a small niche in this body gigantic. Bodybuilding is probably 5% of the health and wellness industry. Yeah. Right. And then on to fitness apps. So um, millennials use it more than any other age group. And women yes. use it twice as much as men. So do you find that your online training programs and your online fitness coaching appeals more to women? Yeah. I've got two-thirds of my clients are women. Okay. At least two thirds of my clients are women, and it's gone to a to a point where three quarters were at a point, and it's. I think it comes down to there's a bit of psychology behind it, and that comes down to that men aren't willing to ask for help as much. Maybe is yeah. that because a lot of the time you have to. Uh, very often someone comes to you asking for help and then you have to convince them that you can help them. You know, like someone will come to you saying, I'm struggling to lose weight. And you say, okay, I can help you. You need to do this, 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 and that. And the person says, no, but I know that already. That doesn't work. So I'm just going to keep trying. And then you, it's almost like you have to convince them. No, you're being a bit of a, you know, come on. And that happens more so with guys where they'll just blunt, bluntly say, no, leave me alone. I'm doing my own stuff. And then they'll go tell everyone how to do the wrong thing in the corner over there. So I think it comes down to that as one part of it. Another part of it is that women catch on to trends a lot quicker, I think, especially te technological ones that involve almost a community feeling. Um, I mean, I feel like girls are always wanting to have groups of friends instead of just, you know, one single thing compared to guys. Whereas with an app, you're able to connect to so many more people. I mean, on my app, there are ways that I can group certain people. So some of my athletes who are competing, they're all on similar programs and they can compare with other people and things like that. So they can almost feel like, cool we're all struggling together we're all getting through this together sort of thing and i feel like women like that more than men do i don't know if it, what what would you feel about that i think to an extent yeah women kind of prefer yeah. that community aspect we're more likely to yeah. join group classes um and we feel yes, more comfortable yeah. in numbers so i understand that exactly. completely um, and then this community aspect, I think, is a really interesting one because um, obviously your industry would have been impacted by COVID. So yeah, how just did another you... Point, yeah? Just another point of that with being comfortable, that actually makes a good point. Because it's not in person, I feel like it can be a lot more, almost a safer environment for a woman because she doesn't have to rely on having a one-on-one -on -one trainer in person there who she might not know from a stick. You know, so there's that as well. That's also a benefit. Yeah, anyway, definitely. The joke. Um, so as I was saying, obviously your industry, the fitness industry was impacted by COVID. So you said that you weren't too badly impacted, but what did you find change? What struggles did you have to deal with? So the biggest struggle was largely creativity, really. And that. That came down to having to be more creative with developing plans that I'm not used to doing because I don't like creating body weight plans. I don't see huge benefit if you're able to lift heavy weights. So it's not something I focused on before. So having to delve into the research there of what's most effective of every, 
you know, of seeing all the different aspects of, of how to make it the most beneficial with the limited resources we had, firstly. Secondly, was dealing with motivating myself on top of motivating clients and athletes is I, I don't rely on motivation a lot of the time. Um, I rely on my discipline and my routine of just, you know, that's what I do every day is we get up and we do this. And when it comes to lockdown and when it came to that, all of that was thrown out the window. So I was no longer in that, in that routine and I lost all discipline. And I mean, there were, I think there were two months in lockdown last year that I didn't touch a weight. So having to still motivate clients and saying, no, stop being lazy. Do your, you know, do your training, stick to your plan, stick to your diet is kind of difficult when that's the last thing I wanted to do. And yeah, other, basically the mental side of it more than, than clients didn't dip too much because luckily my clients are understanding. They know that they can't just drop their coach and I'm understanding. So if anyone sort of had an issue, we spoke it out and we worked it out. It's not, I didn't leave anything on bad terms with anyone. And so my client retention was high and it just carried me through. It was all the mental things and actually trying to get through things myself more so than getting the business through it. Yeah, definitely. And then like as an online business owner, you spend a lot of time attached to a screen and forcing yourself to get up and get active and move around, especially when your space to move around is a tiny little apartment or flat can be really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, um, now we're going to talk about how your business is doing at the moment. So what is happening that yeah. is new? You've got a new offer. Yeah. So soon. I was, how, how I offered my coaching was just the, you know, one standard package where it would be, you know, 1,500 Rand per month. And there you go, you get me as a coach. But a lot of the time there's certain people who need more attention than others. So like a, an, then I, I split it into two where if you were prepping for a show, it would be two, five a month because the competitive athlete takes a lot more time to work with and is a lot more hands-on. And that started to work for a while, but there's the discrepancy with one, with other clients where some clients would require attention every day, whereas others would be once a week, once a month. And that threw me off. So it's almost like having two clients pay you the same the same monthly fee, but you're doing double the work for one and half for the other. It doesn't make sense to me. So then I decided, right, we're going to go for four packages where I offer just training now, then just the nutrition package where I'll focus on, say, the training one. I'll build a training plan specifically for you. And then the nutritional one, I'll work with you week to week on what you're eating and, and set up your calories and macronutrients like that. And then I have my standard online coaching, which is 1,500 Rand a month. And that includes use of the app, includes your training, nutrition, everything we spoke about earlier. And then 2.5 is for the premium, where that's where you get daily support and you get a weekly Zoom call. You get daily support, daily messaging. It's very hands-on. So it's almost as if I've just pushed the, that into the contest prep bracket and made that one sort of thing. But that allows me to really be able to focus on just doing one group in the mornings, afternoons, evenings, for example. Yeah. I think that's a really clever way to kind of free up your time so that you're not yeah. stretched too thin. 
All right. Yeah. And then um, what is what does the future look like for Dev Cork Athletics? What are some of your short-term, medium-term and long-term goals? So there's still quite a few shows left this year. So I have 12 athletes still competing, 12 or 13 athletes competing before December. So I want at least three gold medals. I know I can get three gold medals and three overall trophies. So I want that. For myself, I'm competing in 12 weeks time and I want to win SA Champs. So it's been 10 years since I started training. I think that's enough time to have developed something to win SA Champs. (laughs) <laughs> but otherwise in terms of of the company is I want I wanted to be able to sustain my bodybuilding lifestyle is I didn't set out starting it to be hugely you know having huge profits or bringing in millions or anything like that that's that's not why I set out I, I set out to find something to allow me to do bodybuilding and to allow me to live the way I want to, which is like I'm a pro athlete. I mean, I wake up when I want to and I go to bed when I want to. What else do you want? (laughs) You know, that's what I set out to do. So if it can continue to sustain that and if it can continue to push me into a slightly better standard of living, then brilliant. But it's not as if I'm going to stretch myself so thin that I'm working, you know, 20 hours a day and I can't do bodybuilding. Yeah. I'll work as hard as, as that allows me to work, yeah. Okay, and um, do you have any plans for international expansion? Because I know that you aren't literally, are literally not chained to a country, so are you planning yeah. to... So I do, I've, at the moment, I've got five international clients, and they're all UK sort of area. So there's, well, Netherlands, I've got two people, um, and then the rest are in England. And... The only difficulty I find there is time zone difficulty. Um, Otherwise, it's just word of mouth now. Is because I use Instagram for all my marketing. I just haven't targeted overseas. But like you said, I've got access worldwide. So being able to branch into that market would work. And it is something I'm considering this year. um, Because obviously, for example, in the States, coaches charge for their standard packages three times what I do for my normal one. So being able to get into that market would be great, but I need to be miles ahead of the rest. I need something to set me apart from the rest. So that's why I'm getting this law degree. That's why I'm continuing studying with my nutrition and everything and taking that further so that when I do pitch it almost, then it's successful. And it's not me putting tons of capital, tons of energy into something that doesn't work. Okay, so you're laying the groundwork, I think. Basically, making a calculated risk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in closing, some silly questions or some short ones anyway. Okay. Um, what is one book, podcast or resource you could recommend to an entrepreneur just starting out? To start, ooh, is this like a business book? Christ. could be a business book. It could be a podcast that you um, listen to that motivated you. So a podcast that I listen to regularly is Joe Rogan's podcast and specifically where he, he interviews people like, I mean, Neil deGrasse Tyson and Elon Musk and these hugely knowledgeable people. That's, that's really it. I'm about to listen to one with Quentin Tarantino. So yeah, big minds, listen to big minds, really. That's, that's how I've learned. 
Okay. And then um, is there any advice you would give to your 18 year old self looking back? Yeah. Stop talking so much and listen to what others have to say. <laughs> Crisis. Just listen more. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, a yeah. good uh, good word of advice good for anyone at any age. <laughs> and then uh, what's your favorite muscle group to train? Moments, actually legs, funny enough, which is the most difficult and the most painful, but that's why it's the most enjoyable, right? <laughs> Very rewarding. Yeah. And then where yeah. can our listeners find you? So if you tell me your tags out loud, I will pop them in the yeah. comments. So I'm on Instagram, which is at DevCork. No spaces, no capitals. And then Facebook is DevCork Athletics. And that's it. Yeah, I'm Fantastic. busy. I'm busy with my website at the moment. Awesome. All right. So Dave, thank you so much for joining me and giving me your time. And thanks to our listeners today. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that five-star rating and subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to us on a podcasting app, subscribe to the System podcast so you never miss an episode. System is a digital marketing software platform packed with all the tools you need to grow your business. Thanks, Dave.